Bonnaby is the premier podcast spotlighting people of color. Every week, we talk news, what we've been playing, and tell you who's invited to the cookout. Our show is all about talking about gaming through a prism of blackness, because we are the culture. Welcome to Bukaka, y'all. Welcome to the Spawn on Me podcast. I'm your host, Khalif Adams. What the deal be? I hope you all doing well out there. Hope you all having a fantastic, amazing day and amazing week. I am rocking with you all here, getting it in, making it happen with everybody here in the podcast space, looking to see how everything is going and making sure that all of you are feeling wonderful and amazing here while you rock with us here on the spawn of me podcast here on youtube we are doing it live here on youtube.com spawn of me uh to get all of the goodness back into your lives and into your face and into your into your body and all that goodness here so we are really excited to have you here with us all here on the show very excited to be able to bring you something good bring you some wonderful spawn on me goodness here you know usually we do our show live on twitch but now we're moving it this version of the show over to our youtube channel because we were looking to kind of you know move things around you know make things a little bit different you know give some new energy bring some new stuff here so when i think of what we're going to wind up doing for the kind of remainder of the shows that we're going to be doing here we're going to be doing most of our podcasting stuff here on YouTube. And then when we go play games, we'll be doing that on our Twitch channel, Twitch TV slash spawn on me, switch TV slash spawn on me. So for all the new folks here who have followed me from the YouTube, I mean, from the Twitch spaces uh, and from all of those places, thank you so much for coming and for rocking and being here with us today. You know, for all the new folks who are here joining us from Spill, joining us from Threads, everything has happened in the past 48 hours in terms of the social media space. So excited to have you all here as well. If you are not familiar with our show, the way our format usually works is that for the streaming portion of it, you know, we recognize everybody at the end of the show. So if you're sending a super chat, if you're sending in some money, sending in some some bits, any of those kinds of things, any kind of donations to the show, we'll acknowledge you and give you some love throughout the show or towards the end of the show uh, so you can get some love there. But for the most part, you know, we're a dope podcast doing wonderful things, talking about video games through a prism of blackness. Been doing this for the past 10 years and for all of you who are new welcome to Bracago. super excited to have you here with us we have a jam-packed show this week we're going to be talking about the new mk1 news that dropped today which has me ridiculously excited for what's happening we got a new update on diablo 4 and all the stuff that's going to be happening in the new season and if you missed some of the the, the scuttlebutt around the conversations that happened last week around the xbox and ftc uh trial I'm going to give you a little bit of my my take on what happened there and, and all the conversations that are going along in that space. So uh, this week has been pretty busy uh, working through the heat wave that has been here in Portland, Oregon. It has been an amazingly hot week here with plus 90 weather all over the place. It's been ridiculously steamy <laughs> and, and, and just like hot. It's made me not want to do anything but sit underneath the air conditioning and just chill out and play video games which is kind of what I've been doing for the past couple of days. As you can see, I'm schwitzing right now as I, as I talk to you all. But 
we had to bring you some dopeness here for this week. Uh, if you missed last week's, last week's episode, please go check that out. Again, there's still a ton of stuff there around Summer Games Fest that we did. Uh, there's a really great um, Diablo interview that we did with some of the narrative team that's on the feeds. We had a really great conversation with Jordan Miner and about his new book about video game of the year that I am also in. Um, so... Please go make sure you check out all of that stuff within that mix. We also have uh, our friends over in the chat who we're going to be acknowledging and giving some love. They asked me if I got the AC unit into the into the window by myself. So if you're not a, if you haven't been checking my my workout and, and follow me on Twitter, you know I've been talking about you know my wife is on vacation. She dipped out to go have a, a girls trip. And usually I, you know, we do the work together, you know, I was like put in the air conditioner when it gets hot, but she wasn't here and I had to put in the AC by myself and it was heavy. Yo, that bad boy is no joke. That joint is like a good 50, 60 pound AC and I was struggling because I'm out of shape and I'm fat and it was not fun to watch, but magically i got the ac in the window and i am not dying mind you the day before i wanted to fight people it would look like me i was like ricky in 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 the movie punching air i was like yo i'll fight everybody up in this piece because it's too hot it was mad hot up in this piece and i was like yo i can't deal but ac is in the window and we're doing well uh but besides that Everything is moving in a really positive direction. Things are moving really well on Spotify. Please go check out the show on Spotify uh, and, and give us some love there. I'm in the middle of producing or making a new piece of content that's going to be Spotify only. Thinking a lot about that. We'll give you all more details once that's together. I'll maybe, maybe I'll tease it on all the social platforms that I've been on because I'm now on 7,000 platforms at this point. I'm on Blue Sky and I'm on, on Twitch and I'm on uh, all the things at all the same time. So why is it being like I forgot if I'm spilling, if I'm threading, if I'm tweeting, if I'm IGing, if I'm, if I'm, I don't know what the hell's happening anymore. My hands hurt and they cramp up every time I touch my phone at this point because it's <laughs> just a ridiculous amount of stuff that's happening alongside all of that goodness again lots of good news that they were going to jump into right about now with the 411 so this week on the 411, we have a lot of goodness to be sharing with you. I am very excited about Mortal Kombat 1. I have been a big fan of what that game is going to wind up being. I've been talking about that for a very long time now. And I tell you right now, it is something that has just been blowing my mind every time I get a chance to see it. If you missed all of that goodness, I got a chance to check it out and play it at Summer Games Fest. It was a dope experience and it was super super cool to be able to get a chance to go play mortal kombat one early and i have to say I, the 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 goodness that i feel when i got a chance to play that game and i need to put that footage up on youtube sometime i have to go put that stuff up on our channel but and you might have seen a little bit of it in the 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 conversation i had in one of the um uh, one of the videos that we put up on the site but i have to say the 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 energy that is around Mortal Kombat right now, while we are in the best and biggest version of the video game space in terms of the fighting game community, I have to say, it is one of those things where 
I, 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 we're, we are eating so good right now. It is, it is, it is like, it is like the best space to be if you are a fighting game fan at this moment because there are so many games that are out. Street Fighter 6 is ridiculous and really good. Come see me if you want to fight my DJ. I'll bust you down and kick you in the face with my DJ. And Tekken 8 is about to drop really soon, or hopefully soon. Mortal Kombat is right around the corner. Um, there's just so many dope fighting games right now in the space. It just makes you really excited for everything that's going to be in the game, in the, the conversation, all of that stuff. Mortal Kombat... Everyone knows at this point, if you've been following the show for any period of time, just how much I love that series, how much I'm really digging it, and how much it is my my favorite fighting game series. The thing that has really gotten me excited is not only, the, again, the graphic fidelity, the, the the beauty of where we wind up going with, with the, the gameplay stuff. You know, all of those pieces are just going to be so good to be able to play and, and, and mess around with. But now we're getting more info, and the combat cast from NetherRealm wind up coming on today. They had their first combat cast, and it was chock full of information that you're seeing some of it now if you're watching the video version of the show. But all of the ninjas are in it, so you have Sector and Cyrax, you have Smoke, you have Rain. All of the Lin Kuei are now in the game, either as main characters or as uh what they call cameos which are these secondary characters that use to kind of like tag in when you're fighting in in the game and man this game is going to be ridiculously good so they 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 focused in on a couple of different characters this uh today during the combat cast one was scorpion again mainstay of the mk cast one of the, the 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 characters that you automatically think of when you think of mortal Kombat, and with this new version of the story and the new version of the the space that that, that the mk characters now occupy these little small twists and turns on some of these characters have been really interesting. Smoke looks really ridiculous. He looks so good. He's super fast with a small, small kind of like combat knife. Uh, Sector and 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 Cyrax come in as cameo so far, and just do ridiculously fun enders on their combos. Scorpion is now both a. Uh, a, a kind of mid-air combo master while also having some of his normal kit that always just feels good to be able to play. It is something that, again, I think if you're a Mortal Kombat fan and you've been playing these games for a long period of time, you're now getting to see not only the combination of old characters coming back in new ways, new characters that feel a little bit different or not new, but kind of new variations or turns on those characters. And then... All of that combined with the way that that melds itself with, you know, a, a couple of snippets that we saw within the story that NetherRealm kills every time when they make these uh, when they make these games. It just tells you again why Mortal Kombat 1 is going to be a really formidable game within the space. It tells you just how much work has been going into this game since the last iteration of it and just wild stuff that they're doing from a gameplay perspective in this in this game i don't have the footage with me uh, but uh, but i'll find it and put it in uh maybe another version of the show or maybe a, a different version of the show but 
one of the other characters that they show was Johnny Cage. Johnny Cage is very, very new in this game in a way that I had never thought of him to be. So remember where Johnny Cage used to be able to throw these energy balls at people and be able to kind of have this green mist, that, not green mist, but like green energy and aura that used to be around him. That's no longer there. So he has, we have a more grounded version of Johnny Cage within this space. What's wild about it is you would think that with all the bombast that that character had, because he's a smart ass, that they would have tempered or, or, or kind of brought his, his level of snark down. Now there's a thing called the hype meter in this game for him. If you're playing the game, there's a really small star that is next to or above his, um, his uh, overdrive meter. I forgot what you call it. Um, where you can kind of extend your moves and, and add some other things to your moves. And when you fill you, the way you fill that meter up is by styling on your opponent. You're doing swaggy stuff in front of your point, uh, op opponent to be able to get that meter to kind of move up. It's wild. So like he has taunts. So like he'll do a taunt where he does the, the, the roundhouse kick where you kind of like leave your leg in the air and kind of spin and do a half turn that he did in the movies. He does a wink to the camera. He does uh, a move where he does the splits and then does another wink to the camera where he's doing the nut punch. There's a lot of really interesting stuff in the game that they're doing to kind of extend how that character works. So what happens is when you get your star meter up, you, you, you pop it. And when you pop it, all of your moves then get extra uh, abilities and extra characteristics. You're able to do, you know, more combos within within this, a move. You're able to do a move over and over and over again without needing to use some of your meter. Uh, you're able to do uh, extended air combos with some of the stuff that he has. The thing that is the wildest thing that he has in his kit. And when they showed this off, it threw me. It bugged me out. It was the dopest thing I've ever seen. He basically has a move where he breaks your arm and you as the opposing character can no longer throw. You can't do throws for a, a significant amount of time within that round. I think it's a parry or something to that effect. But basically, when you pop the power and you pop the move, he does an animation, breaks your arm, and then you can no longer do throws in the game. It is a wild thing to see NetherRealm continue to think about the way that they do gameplay in you know, a universe and in an IP and in a way that you're, they're making these really subtle and interesting twists on... The, the, the kind of things that you've known to be able to to kind of like count on within that game. And it's 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 so dope to see them think again outside the box. They're continuously putting these small little additions to the game, not only from a gameplay perspective, but from a visuals perspective that really has me excited for this game. I'm so hyped for this thing. I want to play this <laughs> so bad. The, the the network test was fantastic. They talked a little bit about it during the show uh, and talked about how many things they learned and, again, how the game is a work in progress and how all of those small pieces are now kind of adding to the way this game is going to be displayed and kind of shown and played. But it also just reminds you of just how intricate fighting games can be and from all of the small pieces that you see from all the little camera tricks they do now and for you know the the cinematics that they put together it really does showcase just how dope these games are going to be in the future and right now we're at the pinnacle of what we've seen in the fighting game community we haven't seen anything like this in a really long time and now we're getting to see even more of it in a space where 
MK1 is differentiating itself not only from the previous games that they had in their lineage, but now they're doing stuff that no one else is doing on the planet, which I think is really, really cool. Like, yes, they're attack games in the way that we've, we've seen before, but the way they're implementing tag characters within this particular game is unlike anything I've ever seen before. And they talked a little bit about that, again, during their combat cast stream. And it was just really cool to see the, the way that they're thinking about the process for making this game, the way they're thinking about the process for expanding it. The, the, the bigger questions that we still have to figure out is, you know, how many of these cameo characters will then become actual base characters within the game? Will they be swapping those characters out? A lot of the characters basically have four moves. Does that mean that... Netherrealm has been working on full move sets for most of these characters. Do we think that that's going to be a new part of the the, the the conversation? Will that be a thing when we when we kind of move a little bit later into the the life of the game, where we've seen them put together these combat packs where you get a, a certain amount of characters? Maybe that's the way they expand the roster. They don't give you the kind of special characters that we saw, like a Terminator or a Robocop. They move some characters that used to be cameos into the base roster, and then that's how they expand their roster to be able to do that stuff. It will be a little bit weird, though, if that winds up being the case, because... That means you're now paying for con you're paying for characters that you were kind of playing already in the game uh, as as cameo fighters. But if it expands the roster, and if they really feel like fully fleshed out characters, then we have a real treat in our hands for what this game is going to be. Man, the game looks good. Rain looks ridiculous. Sector and, and, and Cyrax looks super fantastic. The, the fatalities look ridiculous and super good. Again, nothing but massive amounts of love to the folks at NetherRealm and for all the demonetization that is going to happen on this video because of all the fatalities that are on it. <laughs> oh, it's so good. I'm so hyped for it. And fighting game folks, you are eating real, real good. So excited for that. Uh, next story is about Diablo 4 and their new season of Diablo. Diablo season one is coming around the corner. They talked a little bit about it on their stream today. Uh, they're talking about the uh, season of malignance that is happening within Diablo 4. I am very excited about it because I've been digging real deep into the Diablo space. I am now, I think, an 82 uh, barbarian in, in the game. So I've been grinding super hard, playing all the time. Uh, that's what happens when you're on fun employment is, is you get a chance to play a lot of video games when you should be doing stuff with your life. Uh, but it winds up being a lot of fun because you're then learning a lot about the systems, learning a lot about the game. And there's a lot of stuff that they have pulled into this first level of Diablo that we're going to be seeing with the new season that I'm just very, very excited about. I think they, they really have captured not only new players, but old folks, old, old folks like me who have been playing Diablo for a long period of time. So if you were a Diablo three fan, you know you feel right at home and i you know as a person who played a little bit of it and then kind of moved over and moved over to four you know this, this is going to be really really fun to dig into especially because it's happening really soon it's happening in the on the 20th of july so that's right around the corner in terms of getting a chance to play the game and now it's secondary in fullest form if you are not a uh, a, a Diablo player, what winds up happening during a new season is that they ask you to roll a new character with, within a new, uh, a new server. You know, you get a, a bunch of, um, 
a bunch of new quests to be able to do. They usually add a little wrinkle here and there in terms of gameplay. And, and that gives you the kind of new thrusted kind of dig into the game and do a lot more grinding within the Diablo world. They shared a ton of stuff, and some of that stuff I'm just going to read off, read off because it's too much to just remember off the top of your head. One of the, a couple of the biggest things that they talked about that I thought were some of the biggest kind of questions about the new season, especially for new folks, would be one: uh, Do you lose the renowned in the world, which is a system and a mechanic within the game where you have to basically open up the the entire map so that you can see what's happening the fog of war is no longer there within uh, within the map and then you can kind of see all the areas and then you kind of you know uh, trek out and you find where to go and and, and and kind of you know find your areas of 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 dungeons and missions and all that kind of stuff usually you know when you're starting off in a, on a new game all of that stuff is 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 blank like you don't see any of it until you actually go physically walk there in the world if you've done most of your renowned stuff from your first character all of those things will be open to you so your the the fog of war will no longer be on the map the pillars of lilith which are pillars that that um depict the main bad guy in the game uh but they you know when you go up to them you walk up to them you you, you you know hit a button and you get some power for it those will still be open so you'll be at a really good head start if you start a new season with a new character because you would have unlocked a whole bunch of those things if you had done it prior in your base game which is fantastic that was a big worry for me as a person who wasn't going to roll a new character or wasn't going to roll a new kind of separate different character because i just haven't been saving uh, pieces of equipment and gear to kind of get those things in into my into my new play so that was a really fantastic thing to hear was that some of those things were already going to be in the mix and you don't have to do an extra level of grinding to get to those particular parts of the the world another really interesting part of the gameplay mechanic that they added was these malignant monsters that are going to be in the game so usually there are kind of elite level baddies that you have to go fight those elite level baddies now if you find a malignant monster they will drop what they call a malignant heart that malignant heart is then a uh, it's kind of like an it's kind of like an item but it's and it's kind of like a gem but it's not uh, you wind up kind of using that to call in, you know, if you fight enough of the beast, you get enough of the hearts, wind up calling in a stronger version of the elite that you wound up fighting initially. And then if you wind up beating that particular, uh, that particular enemy and you perform this ritual, you get this cage of binding. The cage of binding is super cool because what that does is throughout your gameplay, you will then be able to slot these very specific gems or these or these hearts into pieces of some of your gear, more like your jewelry and your your uh, amulets, and that will then give you some extra powers that are very specific to the season of malignance, which I think is another cool way to kind of like add a new flavor to the game. As a person who's already an 82 within the space, I'm already running out of codex and powers to kind of get. Now I'm kind of in the end game part of my, my, my playthrough and trying to figure out the best way to level my character up to level 100 to make it the most powerful that it can possibly be. And you wind up kind of, you know, hoping for 
the like air quote god roll and you wind up seeing if you can get that god roll on the piece of gear that you want and if you do then you feel really feel fantastic and if you don't then you're continuing to grind like everybody else until you can find out what that piece of gear is or find it in the world or you you run certain um uh, objectives over and missions over and over and over again to see if you can get those things the, the team talked about the number of malignant hearts that you'll be able to kind of see across four categories. There are 32 of those. That's pretty cool. Uh, they also talked a little bit about, and let me see if I can find a, a quick picture of it. Um, they talked a little bit about the um, battle pass that is also going to be in the uh, game moving forward. There are going to be 90, let's see, they said they were going to be about... Um, I think 90 tiers of the battle pass is going to be about 27 tiers that are free. And if you pay for the premium version of it, there are 63 tiers for you to run through there. Again, the thing that they emphasized was that everything that's in the battle pass is not about power. It's all about cosmetics. So always about making your character look cool and, and, and interesting and different than everybody else's. I thought that that was really, really awesome and cool. Uh, cause again, you're not worrying about a, a power differentiate a differential there, especially because players who are playing in PVP, that's a whole other conversation to have to deal with. If you know, you're having this weird thing of pay to win, if you wind up buying a thing and the other folks, you know, d didn't pay that money, you're getting wrecked by people who wind up buying gear that is much bigger and more powerful than yours. That stuff is really cool. I like the fact that there's a battle pass. Now. I think that also is another carrot on the stick to give players another want to be able to figure out, how they want to kind of play within the space. I think that's always uh, a, a way to think about battle passes is it's an extender for the gameplay experience in a way that you may not have not may not have had before. And to see them talk about this in this way and saying, look, we want this to be not only something that's going to, we're going to ease ourselves into, but also something that you don't have to worry about in terms of, again, that pay to play conversation really does feel great in terms of what this means now for me i don't know what i'm gonna roll this time again i think i might roll another barbarian that sounds really boring but i think the thing that i want is the gear that i'll be pulling on that new character to come over to my main character so if there are really interesting things there i think the cosmetics will transfer over anyway so that doesn't really uh throw me off in any real way but I do think that there's a particular space there to see if what does that mean for for players in the long haul? I think there are folks already who have capped out on at 100. They're doing nightmare dungeons that are super high level. And now they're kind of rolling for the best thing that they can potentially get. I think that's going to be something that's going to be important to kind of take track of as a player and as a person who's been, you know, looking at the gameplay space and especially Diablo as a game that I've been playing for a lot of hours at this point. I don't even want to know what my hours have been playing between PC, the my console, my Xbox, my ROG Ally. I've been playing on like three different devices at this point because I'm so hooked on this game. It's been something that has definitely been like my go to bed game of late it's been the thing that i've been playing a ton of it's been something i've been digging into in a much bigger and, and, and kind of broader sense and it does feels really good to be able to play a game like this and feel like i'm contributing to a team when i'm in a team setting and also feeling like i'm getting to wreck things 
easily uh, at the at the proper level. That is because I have definitely gotten into some rooms and gotten rocked by a butcher or by lightning or by those stupid flies. Damn flies that are playing in this game. I hate them things. Things will put poison on you and kill you in like two seconds. And they're the same level as me. Diablo, help me. <laughs> and, the, and one of the devs is going to be like, you need to be putting on some poison resistance and just stop being a little punk. I know. But them damn flies, they try to hurt you and they hurt you real bad and they kick you in the face and they beat you up. Uh, so I don't like those at all. I hate them. I hate them. I want to punch them in the face. Um, but really excited for what this new season is going to wind up bringing to the table. I think this is going to be something that is, uh, again, extending the life of this game and in, in moving into the kind of beginnings of their year one strategy is really important. I think it's going to be something where they have been extremely good about doing fixes and patches and hot fixes and have been fantastic about talking to the community about where the game is in its current state, how the, how it can be better, how they're thinking about making it better. Like, there's been nothing but just fantastic communication from the Diablo team about what they're trying to do and, and, and how they're trying to build that thing up for players. Um, I do want to I do want to read one thing that they shared on their blog about the way they're thinking about seasons, because I think that's also really important. I think one of the conversations that I think a lot of players are digging around into and thinking about is what does this mean for the future of the game? I think a lot of folks are seeing things that they're hearing in terms of the potential changes that they see within the game and like, ooh, can we can we can that be a thing that's always in the game moving forward? And I think one of the great sentiments that was shared during the stream was that they're looking at all of it in this really, really holistic way. They're looking and seeing like, okay, this is a thing that's working really well. This other piece may not necessarily be working. This is very time sensitive and time limited because we want to keep it fresh. But I want to read off one of the pieces of the blog that they shared that I think is really important. They say seasons provide us with an opportunity to introduce innovative gameplay mechanics into Sanctuary for a limited time. It says because seasons reset, we create crazy fun season themes in a vacuum without needing to worry about balance that with the mechanics introduced in the past or in future seasons. We start from a strong eternal realm baseline and build on top of that. Seasons are a fun place for players to explore and tinker. We encourage you to try a new class or different builds for a class you've grown fond of. Our seasons are a chance to get creative while demolishing demons. Additionally, seasons present an equal playing field. Our seasons are designed for new characters to conquer. The nightmarish challenges brought to, to you on the season's theme and then progress through those seasons journey together. I really do like that as a sentiment, as the idea of how you want to be playing. Because I think one of the things that I have seen has been so many folks are so wrapped up in well, if your build doesn't feel like this, then your build is wrong. Or if you're not playing towards the meta, you're playing in a, you're playing it in a, in a in a bad way. Like I've seen people in groups that I've been playing in of randoms, and random people will be like, "Well, why are you playing your barbarian that way?" And to be fair, I'm playing a barbarian that is not in the meta. The meta currently for barbarians is, and this is going to get real nerdy, the is a whirlwind barbarian. So you basically take your axes and you spin in a circle and you, you, you spin like a top and you kill things. Honestly, you know, and I talked about this on Fran Mirabella's uh, Diablo podcast a couple of days ago. Go please check that out. Um, 
it feels boring. It's not a fun way to play the game. It's not interesting to me. It doesn't feel like something that's fun or, or cool or any of that kind of stuff. It just feels like you're playing it in a way that everyone else plays the game. And then you don't feel different. You don't feel cool. You don't feel interesting in that way. So I am playing a totally different build. I'm playing a, a bleed build uh, who's, who's kind of you know more trying to do a ton of burst damage or damage over time, basically. So like I'll hit you with a move you know, do a burst of damage and then your, your health will just drain away because I have this bleed mechanic on, on, on that, uh, move or this other one where you basically take your, 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 your weapons and you sweep them across the ground, like a shovel and a big, uh, you know, a plume of debris hits all the characters and, and, and does damage to them way more interesting in terms of the way I like to play. And, and it feels more interesting in the way that I kind of like the game to kind of feel, um, so that's been a really interesting thing to kind of see. So I may run a different character this 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 time around and see what it's like and 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 dig into what that game is going to be from a new kind of player perspective. I think it's always fun to try new characters, and I did a lot of that during the initial um, uh, uh, beta tests and the kind of stress tests that were there. That was amazingly fun and super cool, and, and it just felt really nice to be able to play the game in the way that I wanted to play it. It felt just nice to be able to do that work and feel like I was uh, enjoying the game for the way I wanted to enjoy it and not getting into the peer pressure layers of the game. Um, one other story before we dig into our break is one in which the folks who are behind Banjo-Kazooie have said that they don't know if there is another Banjo-Kazooie game coming. And the reason that they say that is because they feel like there may not be a audience for it. And it's an interesting conversation. So the folks over at VGC spoke to the developers uh, and composer Grant Kirkhope uh, gave an impression he felt that the uh, game was of a bygone era and that there just aren't a lot of folks who dig that kind of game anymore. Um, and he said, and I quote, I feel like you'd have to get a game with the humor that we had back then, and it's hard to replicate. He says, I think Rare would be open to somebody if they found the right team, but I don't think that team exists. And I'm not convinced the audience is there either. I'm going to say this not as a thing to, you know, to, um, uh, you know, dance on the grave of a game. I don't think that that's fair and, or, or to dance on the grave of any developer because that's definitely not what we do here on Spawn on Me. But what I will do is talk crap to Paris Lily. I told everybody that nobody wants this game. Everybody has been talking about how many people want a Banjo-Kazooie game. And Banjo-Kazooie is going to be this game that everybody's going to want to see. And everybody's going to want to come back to. And all these people have this fondness for this game that was as what I think is a very mid kind of game. It was like the lowest tier mascot game that was in the space. And I know people love Banjo-Kazooie. No one wants this game. I'm going to say it out loud again. Nobody wants a Banjo-Kazooie game. No one cares about this character anymore. The time is past. The time is not now. It is the, it's the anti-John Cena game. The time is not now. I shot you out, Grant Kirk, Kirk Hope. I believe in you. I appreciate you for definitely saying the thing that everybody needed to say. And that was that Banjo-Kazooie is done. 
There's no reason to have this game out in the world. There's no reason to remake it. There's no reason to have another Banjo-Kazooie game. And that's the way it needs to happen. Nobody cares. It's a low-grade Sonic. Nobody wants it. It's not even Spyro. It's not Crash Bandicoot. And those are also low-tier anyway. So God knows. And I'm going to just say before we hit our break, thank God somebody with some goddamn sense said that nobody wants a Banjo-Kazooie game and that the audience is probably not there. So this shout-out is to Grant Kirkhope for saying the thing that needed to be said and saying it out loud with his chest. And I believe in you, Grant, and I and I salute you, Grant, and I rock with you, Grant, for saying the things you need to say, because that's exactly how I feel in my heart and in my soul. No Banjo-Kazooie for anybody, because nobody wants that joint. Anyway, we're going to take a quick break. We're going <laughs> to run a quick small ad uh, and, 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 and run some stuff here for everybody's here on YouTube.com slash Spawn On Me and everybody else is going to be watching this at home. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back after this. Hey, we have been in the market for new PCs for a long time, and for our 10th year anniversary, the wonderful folks from NZXT have partnered with us in a collab to be our hardware sponsors. So, if you are looking for a new PC to stream or to game in the best way possible, go check out nzxt.co slash bld, and you'll be able to find a perfect PC for you, whether that be the Player One machine, Player Two machine, or Player Three machines, the ones that we're rocking for our new studio build. They have everything you possibly could need for the best PC experience on the planet. Remember to go check out nzxt.co slash spawn on me BLD and it will get you set up right. Much love and peace. Yo, welcome back to the Spawn on Me podcast with Khalif Adams. I'm your host, Khalif Adams. I hope you're doing well. Hope you're having a fantastic evening. If you missed the beginning of our show, please go check out the beginning of the show. We had a lot of great conversations there to dig into and to talk about. And again, I think it's a really fun conversation that if you missed it, you missed it. And now you got to go check it out on YouTube.com slash me on the VOD, or you got to check it out on Spotify, where we put the video versions of our podcast there as well. So please go check that out for sure. The last story for this episode of Spawn on Me is about the conversation and the news that happened uh that happened a little bit <laughs> earlier last week which was all about the xbox and ftc trial so the ftc has been trying to block xbox's merger of activision and blizzard because there's a conversation in the air about this now being a monopoly and what that monopoly means for the gaming industry and for everyone involved within that conversation here's the thing that i that i I want to dig into because I think, you know, there was like round the clock coverage from many folks within the gaming media and the gaming uh, uh, news space that was really interesting to see. I think we have these moments within the industry that are very, very rare. I think it is rare to be able to see the inner workings of video game companies, especially ones as big as Xbox, having these kinds of, you know, moments in time where another entity in in terms of the u.s government is coming to them and saying we got to hold you up a minute and make sure that everything is going to be good here when we've seen across many many industries and in so many different spaces how 
industries have run amok and have run ramshot uh, ramshot across everything that we've seen we see corporations spend a ton of money and not pay their workers we see corporations do a lot of terrible awful things and the way that they treat people and the way that they are getting richer while everybody else is getting poorer all of those things if you're a reasonable uh, understandable human being you see those things happen in that in that way and those have super tangible results for what happens to you as a human being out in the world the energy that was here in this Xbox versus FTC conversation was really interesting to watch. I am a person who feels like they are fairly tapped into the ongoings of the industry as much as I try to. I, I am watching the news. I'm listening to you know, people who I trust within the space talk about what this means and, and why they, they, they are, they're digging into these kinds of stories. The interesting thing about this for me was that for all the information that came out and everybody was like frothing at the mouth about, oh my God, did you hear about this thing? Did you see the redacted uh, piece of documentation here? Did you see what they said in this thing? And all that kind of stuff. When it came at the end of the day, with all of the information that was shared and all the findings that were in that conversation, Personally, I feel like nothing mattered in any of those conversations. I don't feel like most of that stuff was actual news, at least news for you at home. If you're a player, if you're a person who is a consumer, if you're a person who is, you know, booting up your Xbox or your PlayStation every day and you're playing your games and all that kind of stuff. Like, yes, if you like the scuttlebutt of the industry, which is a thing that I think a few amount of people within the gaming space or in the player base actually care about then sure there were some things in there for you to be able to kind of dig around and elbow your buddies at the the the, the virtual water can water can that's not it at the virtual <laughs> in, the, in the virtual kitchen we'll say that one um and say oh did you hear that thing about how much this game cost in x y and z but like in the grand scheme did we actually learn anything that's actually useful for you? I don't think that answer is yes. I did it. There was a really couple. It was a great couple of roundups that pulled in some kind of like you know reframing of what the the, the conversations were and some of the things that they found within the space. And I want to go over a couple of them because I think you know just for the the sake of clarity, I want to share those with you because I think that the the the, the running bullet points for what was wound up being in there. Xbox admitted that it was in last place in terms of the console war. They currently said that the last time that they were, you know, were, were brought up to speed about all that kind of stuff, that basically they had a 16% share of the console market. Um, oh, thank you, water cooler. Thank you, uh, Jeremy, in the, <laughs> in the chat. I couldn't figure out what the hell water cooler was. Anyway, 16% share of the console market. That, again, not news. These are things that if you've been paying attention to the video game industry for a long time, that is not something that is news to you. The number might be news to you of 16% in comparison to the other two consoles, the other two big of the big three, the other two. We know PlayStation has had a pretty good stranglehold on the console market for a long period of time. We know Nintendo sells extremely well because their fan base is amazingly, uh, 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 you know, connected to their to their games and to their IP and to, to their hardware. Like they are extremely loyal in terms of being a fan base. Microsoft has been doing everything it possibly can 
over the past 10 years to make up for random things that have not been good for them. The the idea of the Xbox One being a media component, the um you know, being the being the media device in the center of your home, that was a thing that they, they didn't really mess around with and got and got right. The Connect was a flop. The the lack of any foothold in the Japanese and, and Asia market has been a <clears throat> has been a big trouble spot for them for a long period of time. So like hearing Phil Spencer say, Hey, you know, if we're being really honest, we're in last place. That shouldn't be news to anybody. That's not news to anybody who's been paying attention to anyone who's been paying attention to any of this for the past 10 years. So that was a weird thing to kind of come across and be like, ooh, we got a new, we got a sexy news tidbit and this is what it is. Another thing he shared was he felt like the fanboy wars and the console wars was a construct that the gaming community has made up. Again, duh. Like, it's not a new thing to be able to understand that that is a real thing. The ideas that the Sony ponies and the Xbox are things are not things. The fact that someone a couple days ago said friends of mine were in the Xbox Illuminati, not real. Like, there are so many things that people are sharing and talking about that if you are a reasonable human being, you don't subscribe to. And again, not news, not stuff that actually matters to you at home as a player. Another thing that popped up from that conversation, that next gen is possibly going to start in 2028. Again, not news. I don't think that that's important. It's not important until someone finally says, hey, the Xbox Series W is dropping or the, the, the you know, PlayStation 6 is coming soon. The most interesting part about that has been the rumors around the PS5, I mean, PS5 Slim, which have popped up in various spaces across the internet of late. And that has been a conversation that people have been digging into. And to a certain extent, it would make some sense, right? Because the consoles are almost three years in. We've seen on in, in at least two console cycles, the idea of the mid-console refresh is a thing. We've seen PS3 Slims and P, you know, all like all of those things have happened before. Again, not news if you are paying attention. If it would be more news if they were like, ne- a new console was going to drop in the next two years. That's different. This is five years, potentially five years away. If this is, if, if, if Xbox is really nailing the, you know, the reading the tea leaves in the way that they, they believe that they are five years away makes sense. That doesn't, that's not news. That doesn't feel like that's a, a big, like aha moment where people are like, oh my God, we're going to get new consoles in five years. Like that makes sense to me in terms of the way and the speed the technology works. And because the technology of where we're going is just getting faster, games are getting bigger uh, uh, budgets are getting bigger the needs of the gaming community are getting bigger at least from the way that they say that they are from a player based perspective those things just make sense to me in a way that this doesn't make sense in terms of like it's a news thing also Microsoft wanted to buy Bungie, Sega and a couple other studios again if you paid attention to the thing I just said about them being in, uh, having 16% of the of the console market Hell yeah, you're going to try to acquire some other studios to bolster that. Even And they've done some of that work already. It's the reason why we're having this conversation now about the FTC. If you can't win on the hardware side of it, and again, there are multiple reasons why they're behind on the hardware market. 
The only other way to offset that is to do it on the software side of things. You have to buy up as many people as you can because game development takes a long time. You then stagger those games across the, the, the space that you want to try to get those games out so that you have a really competent library so that you can give those to players so that you can offset the hardware costs when most hardware costs in most consoles sell at a deficit. You're already in the hole when you make hardware. That's not news. This is stuff that anybody, again, who has been paying attention understands already. Again, weirdly not news. Another piece that came out of the, uh, the conversations of the FTC was that Call of Duty is worth around, at least for Sony in the year of 2021, $800 million alone. Again, for you as a player, why do you care? People who made money made more money. It makes sense. It, it just makes sense. It's like, okay, I get that. That's that's a lot of stuff. All of this to say, there's, there's, there's two other pieces of here that I think were really interesting that I think are, 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 again, reflects the conversation of like, this is a nothing burger in terms of the biggest parts of the conversation. Microsoft, although they're not fond of exclusives, they are using them to stay competitive. Again, makes sense in terms of the, the ecosystem and where they lay. The thing that is the most interesting statement that came out of all of the FTC stuff that I thought was really just like, oh, is Jim Ryan, head of PlayStation, says that he feels like things will be okay even if the Activision Blizzard uh, acquisition goes through. So if everything is okay and you know that there's like a, an ability to make great games. We've seen that happen across games like The Last of Us and so many other first-party exclusives, Spider-Man, all that kind of stuff. Then why is there like weird beef? There shouldn't be beef here. If you are confident in your position, you're confident in your platform, you're confident in the games that your studios make. If you were to lose Call of Duty, yes, $800 million is a ton of money. And if Microsoft is lying about the, 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 the conversation of saying, and the line has been for a long period of time that they have been like, we want to acquire Activision and Blizzard. We want those games to be on our consoles and we don't want them to be exclusive to our console because as Phil Spencer said, it would cause an uproar in the gaming community. Sure. He could be lying. I doubt it. Even if he is. Even if it winds up being a thing where evil Phil Spencer pops up and he's like, ha ha ha, I told you all that I was never going to take this game away from you PlayStation gamers and he snatches it. What does that mean? It doesn't mean anything except now you have, as a player, that's when you then have a decision to make. And you as a player then can jump into the conversation to say, well, now this is a thing that actually matters to me. But there are still other ways to kind of get that game in other forms of fashions. Even if it is a thing that's Call of Duty and you have to move over to a new console, sure, that is a huge financial expense. Consoles are not cheap. Video games are not cheap. All of those things are in that are in that, in that perspective. I understand that. But then you lose maybe four or five games out of the ridiculous amounts of games that are out in the world. It is not like we are hurting for games anymore. It is not like we are hurting for titles anymore. It is not like we are in a space where games don't have the ability to come out on multiple layers and multiple platforms and multiple SKUs, all of this stuff. If you lose Call of Duty, okay. 
So what? Like, Call of Duty is big. Yes, it is a monolith. It is a ridiculous big game in terms of what it makes every year. But also, that game is kind of the same every year. It hasn't changed that much. It's not that, it's not that different. It's fantastic, but it's not that different. So it made it really interesting to see that, like, for all the hubbub and all the bluster that was happening around, oh, you know, and again, manufactured through a lot of the kind of, like, fanboyism that we see in the space. Oh, Xbox is going to be doing this and PlayStation is going to be doing this. Oh, my God, what's that going to mean? The head of the company doesn't care that much. He cares about the bottom line. Absolutely. Makes sense. $800 million is nothing to, 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 to scoff at. But if they are making hand over fist money in other ways... There could be a reason that that's not that big of a deal. And hence, a reason why you as a player shouldn't give a crap. that You shouldn't give that much of a crap about if this deal goes through. Again, politically, if you're aligned and you're like, yo, I don't want to see more monopolies and more corporations make more money because of a lack of competition, I totally understand that. That's reasonable. From an Xbox perspective, I understand everything that they're doing from a business perspective. It makes nothing but sense. They're changing the way that their business strategy is moved into an acquisition phase. Uh, a based phase they're thinking about putting things on multiple layers of of hardware because the ecosystem that they usually can trust to be able to give them players isn't doing as well and they're in third place if you're thinking about all of this stuff it just makes sense it just makes sense uh mr mdj in the chat says the whole thing has been a giant straw man argument about the about cod ftc decided 70 billion must be bad and here we are yeah right like it's and and the the funniest thing about that thank you uh mr mdj uh in the chat the funniest thing about this is that it also the 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 other part of this conversation that i think was really actually interesting was just how behind uh, so many of our leaders in the political space are around technology some of the questions that they were asking of sarah sarah bond and mike uh, and matt booty and and phil spencer were totally off they were conversations and questions that anyone who's been paying attention to the video game space or technology spaces would have been able to answer extremely easy so it winds up being that it's like the people who are on these panels and on these and on these um uh pieces of the government uh ecosystem they don't know anything about the way the current uh, you know entertainment works they don't know about how some of these things actually work it felt like and this is a little bit you know hyperbolic but it felt like we were back in the mk days when they had the mk summits about violence and video games and it's frustrating to see just how badly our government understands technology and how badly all of those layers of the ecosystem and, and, and some of these councils that we pay our tax dollars for aren't any smarter than the fanboys that we wind up talking about in some of these conversations. They are just as knowledgeable about some of those folks in that same way. And that part felt so stupid and bad. And I, that was the part. If there was anything for you as a player that you want to understand and take away from a lot of these conversations, it was less about Xbox being a monopoly and more about how your government dollars is going to people who have no idea about the ways that you live your life in the, in the, in the technology that surrounds it. That is the thing that you should definitely be pulling away from these conversations in a much bigger and broader way. So with that said, Massive love to everybody who is here. 
and, and checking out the show live on youtube.com slash spawn on me. It's going to take me a couple of reps to get used to saying that out loud and doing the show in this way on this platform. So I, I appreciate everyone for giving me uh, some grace in all of those ways. Please share the show. The show has been going and rocking for 10 years strong. We've been doing it for a long period of time. We've been knocking out of the park with all of these good spaces. I do hope that you're able to share the show. I'll be putting all of our new socials into, or my new socials, into the show notes for, for episodes coming up. Uh, so that means we, you know, follow me on Spill. A lot of really good stuff on the Spill, Spillaverse over there. All the rest of the Spillionaires in that space, yo, we rocking over there, getting it in, throwing our fists up. Everybody who's now on Threads, please go spread love over there because we're doing a lot of fun there. We're growing over there as well. And of course, all the usual places of Twitter and Instagram, all those places are, are in the mix as well. So we'll be doing a lot of work there in the meantime a lot of folks are asking in chat are we permanently off twitch no we're, we're going to be on twitch as well because we still want to do spawnies over at twitch which is our award show so make sure you're checking that stuff out that's also on our youtube channel but we're going to be playing video games on that on that platform and we're going to be doing a podcast on youtube so if you want to watch me play some games go check us out on twitch.tv slash spawn on me where i'll be playing some mortal Kombat. i'll be playing some street fighter 6 all of that goodness when when i'm feeling good and when it's not super hot but if you want to come check out the actual full podcast check it out here and check it out on youtube.com please subscribe hit the bell for notifications all that good stuff and word we're gonna see you next week with some more spawn on me goodness hope you have a wonderful day an amazing evening wash your hands wash your butt and we'll see you all next week with more spawn on me in the world please give yourself some love go spread some love out in the world and also don't go and spill after dark Spill after dark is bad. Don't do it. There's a lot of things in there. There's a lot of eggplants up in there doing some stuff. There's a lot of people throwing the shmeat out in the world. Don't do it. It's scary out there. Have a wonderful world. Have a wonderful night. I'll see you all soon. Much love to you next week. And peace.